0: father we are just so grateful Oh, your presence is amazing and father we just come to sit at your feet tonight and just hear your heartbeat and i ask father by the power of the holy spirit that you would open our hearts tonight to receive your word in a brand new way god that we would know who we are because you are are, are placing your identity within us and that we would be so pleasing to you. Father, that it's just our desire that we delight your heart. Yes. Father, we just delight ourselves in your word tonight. And we ask, Father, that as you open it up to us, that it will it will just so be planted within us that it will produce 30 and 60 and 100-fold return for your glory and for your kingdom. And we just ask all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 22. We're going to uh, branch from there occasionally, but, but this chapter is so amazing that we just need to, to camp here for a minute. Uh, chapter 22, it starts with saying God tested Abraham. Uh, and I just want to stop right here that, that life tests us. And whatever the event is, whatever the circumstance is, whatever the uh, the situation, and when other people are involved, there's always a choice to be made, and so it's up to us whatever choice it is that we make, and and that choice, you know, I mean, it's kind of like sometimes we we don't choose rightly, other times we do choose rightly, and so. Uh, there's years ago it used to be this is a test it's only a test of the emergency broadcasting system okay and so that's what you know is happening in in how we live is you know it's a test what will you choose and so this was it says god tested abraham and in the test um i'm sorry i was gonna uh in the test it was discovered who abraham could be okay now that we need to step back in time and we need to step back to adam adam also was tested adam walked with god adam was with god adam was first and and then god brought the animals to him to see what he would name them and then he put adam to sleep and brought woman forth And uh, when there was a choice between the woman and God, he chose the woman. So in that test, he obviously failed miserably, and that's what then created the fall of man. But he he chose the created instead of the creator. Even though God had given him the word. Now then, we're going to, we're going to parallel these things, uh, these two men. Adam was the one that was created. Adam was to be the father of the creation Uh, but since that could not happen then uh, we then come to uh, Abraham but I also want to bring to our attention Jesus as soon as he was baptized of John the Baptist was taken immediately into the wilderness and is said to be tempted of the devil and we need to understand that those temptations were real Okay, he was son of man, son of God. Those temptations were real. And each one addressed um, a facet of life. You know, I mean, it's basic meat is bread. And he had been fasting. And so, you know, turn these if you are. It was always if you are. Listen, the enemy will always come to us with a question. Did God say if you are? Okay. And so, so in this, they were. He was hungry. You know, if you are the Son of God, turn turn these stones into bread. Uh, You know, and then he says, "Let me, you know, cast yourself down from this pinnacle, and and you know, see if the angels will hold you up. And then, you know, if you will just bow to me, I'll give you everything. You know what? That was a real. We had Adam had given it away. That, was, that wasn't that was just some surreal thing, but in the process of bowing to him, which would be a shortcut to, to getting all the kingdoms of the world, and that's what, you know, I mean, he was sent here to redeem the kingdoms of the world, that would be a shortcut, but he kept his eyes on God. He didn't take the shortcut, but so much of the time we find ourselves taking shortcuts instead of... Staying put on God and that is the test and so here we have we're going to begin reading now in verse 3 in Genesis chapter 22 and it says so Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey. Now he had just had, uh, God is saying to him, Abraham, he says, here am I. He says, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I shall show you. So he's had instruction of the Lord. Now then, I want to interject right here the fact that this is the promised son. This is the son that God says all the covenant is, going to, is coming down through this son. This is, is the one that I you know Ishmael can't stand before me. No, it's got to be Isaac. And Isaac is going to come through Sarah. And he's been given all of this covenant promise through Isaac. And now God is saying, do you love me more than him? Do you love me more than the promises that I have given you? Do you love me more than... Many times God has blessed us or, or different ones with whatever, let's just say a great ministry, you know, bless us with something that we, we heard the voice of the Lord. We did what he said. And suddenly the thing that he has given us means more to us than anything else. And so this is where Abraham was. That's where Adam was. The woman that God had given him was flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone. And man will leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. And she had to be gorgeous. And he said, oh my goodness, she didn't change when she ate the fruit. So therefore, it must not cause death because she's standing. But they were both Adam. And we've got to understand that it wasn't complete until they both partook of the fruit. And then death came. Adam had never seen death before, but a sheep was slaughtered in order to give them covering. Because when they, when in the day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. And covering glory left, everything left. Listen, Jesus came to more than give us a ticket to heaven, He came to restore the glory that God had given Adam in the beginning. Okay. And so, so because he's not going to, I'll say this again, he's not going to take the church out any less glorious than he brought Adam in. Because he says he's coming for a church that is without spot or wrinkle washed in the blood of the Lamb. Some of us have the concept that he's going to wash dry and iron us on the way up. Yeah, no. He's got to have a glorious church here. A glorious church. And that was an old hymn that we used to sing all the time when I was coming up as a child, you know, a glorious church without spot or wrinkle washed in the blood of the lamb. And that's still the church he's coming for. He's not coming for a compromising church. He's coming for a glorious church. Okay? So, here we go. <clears throat> He's got a word from God and he's journeying. He rises early. That amazes me right there. God has given, but you know what? He's learned obedience through the things that he's already suffered. In, in past sessions, we've looked at the fact that he wasn't supposed to take any family with him. Instead of it being an amicable separation, leaving Lot behind, then it became a family feud. There's not enough ground. And so it, it became a war within the family because he disobeyed and took Lot with him. Then he had to go to battle for lots. So there was, there was this, this warfare that had to go on because of the disobedience. And so he is learning as he is walking. He doesn't have the word written. The word wasn't written for 400 years, even more than 400 years. For, uh, because Moses was the one that wrote the first five. He's living it in relationship with God. An angel appears and says this to him. Another angel appears and says the next step to him. And so, um, in this chapter, again, he is getting another instruction. And this time he rises early. You know, wow. He rises early, yet he knows he's taking his son, okay, to, to uh, uh, a mountain that, that God is going to tell him about once he arrives uh, at Mount Moriah. Okay, so, he saddles his donkey. He took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. He split the wood for the burnt offering. He rose and went to the place which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. God gave him, whether it was a witness in his spirit or whatever it was, he saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. Now that I'll read one more verse. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it where? On Isaac, his son. He took the fire in his hand and a knife and the two of them went Together Now that I'm going to stop right here and I want to draw the parallel of what is happening here between Abraham and his son Isaac. Later on, we're going to see that God calls Isaac his only son, even though he had had Ishmael. Last week, we talked about how that uh, when Hagar was carrying Ishmael, God named Ishmael in her womb saying, God hears. Because Sarah had treated her so badly when she discovered that she was pregnant, even though she was the one that started the thing. But, but God, the, the, the angel of the Lord, appeared to Hagar and said, go back to your mistress, even though she has treated you poorly. Go back to the, uh, the mistress and serve her. And so, but then there came a time when the son, a promise, the covenant son was born, that God said, pay heed to Sarah and send Ishmael, the son of the flesh, away so when the promise comes, this is what we've got to understand if we're really going to be believers having an identity of a believer when the promised comes, when when the uh, the birthing of the promise comes within us, then we've got to begin sending the flesh away. The two cannot reside together, okay? Paul says this very, very clearly to be led by the flesh is death, but to be led by the spirit is life. He says that the flesh is an enemy of God. No flesh. Another place in the Proverbs in the prophet says that no flesh can stand in the presence of God. Okay, so there's got to be that exchange come uh, within us. So here we go. Abraham has has taken his only son, as as the angel of the Lord uh, says later, and he goes three days journey, and he's riding a donkey. Okay, now then, let's look at Luke chapter 13, verses 32 and 33. I've been telling all of you how that God has a story within the story and and he lays the groundwork uh, throughout the generations. And so he has tapped Abraham to be the father of the faith. He needed a father to make covenant with so that God, the father of heaven, could make covenant with a father on earth that would truly follow his commands. Okay, so if we look at, at Luke chapter 13, verses thirty. 32 and 33 let's look at this just a minute it says jesus they've come to him and they've said get out and depart from here for herod wants to kill you okay that's what's leading into verse 32 and he says go tell that fox behold i cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow and the third day i shall be perfected Okay so we have Jesus saying we know that it was much more than that but that that he was traveling the earth but he says the third day the third day something is going to happen and so here we have God tells Abraham go a three days journey and so we also know that Jesus was three days in the belly of the ground before he was resurrected uh, into newness of life and so. Then he goes on and says, Nevertheless, I must journey today, tomorrow, and the day following, for it cannot be that the prophet should perish outside of Jerusalem. Now then we can fast forward to Palm Sunday. When do you remember Jesus rode in on a donkey? Abraham was a wealthy man. There was no reason for him to take a single donkey for three men and... Most of the time we see Isaac as a lad, a, as a boy. But we need to understand Hebrew culture, until a man turned 30, he wasn't considered a man. We consider a man at 15, or not 15, it's getting lower and lower, but scratch that. You know, I mean, you're an adult at 18 is what we say in, in Western civilization. But in Hebrew culture, you weren't a man until you turned 30. And so, so here he is... Um, Jewish scholars when you dig into the history of this thing it really is exciting in the fact that Isaac was was strong Isaac was somewhere in his 30s they're not sure but like 30 to 33 years old is what they're saying Isaac was when this happened if you go back to the Jewish culture okay uh, and so here we have this this young man that uh, is going on this journey too, and they've saddled one donkey, and in saddling this one donkey and riding this one donkey, it again is a type and a shadow of Jesus. It was prophesied that Jesus would ride in on a donkey. Okay, and so so here we have that parallel. Okay. Then he tells, let's go back to Genesis, he tells them in Genesis chapter 22. Hallelujah. He says He says, "Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship." True worship Doesn't mean singing three fast songs and three slow songs and raising your hands or clapping or whatever um, our particular personality of church does. But uh, worship is obedience to the word of God. True worship is obedience to the word of God. And he says, we are going to worship. And then he says a comment and we will come back to you. Why does he say this? Because he already has a word from God. And even though if he has to go through with slaying his son, he knows God has said this is and this boy hadn't had a kid yet. Okay. He had had not had a child yet. And the word of God to, to Abraham was that this is the seed This is the the one that the covenant is going to come through and that I am going to bless you through. Okay, so now then, let's look at the next step in verse 6. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and where did he put it? He put it on Isaac. Who carried the cross of Christ up the hill? Jesus. The wood was laid on his back. And we need to understand what wood represents. The wood represents life, flesh, humanity, carnal reasoning, lust. The wooden cross was laid on Jesus. He carried everything that pertained to flesh upon himself to the cross. And so even the laying of the wood upon Isaac's back was symbolic. Everything that he did, God did for his son. Okay, and we're going to see this all come together in just a minute. Okay, so... Abraham took the fire. The fire represents the Holy Spirit. And it says, If the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Okay? And so the fire of the Holy Spirit. Who raised Christ? It was the Spirit of God that raised him from the dead. And so here Abraham, as the earthly father, he's carrying the fire. Who kept the fire? God himself kept the fire. My son will raise from this uh, grave, from, from death, hell, and the grave. Okay, and then the knife. Okay, the knife represents revelation and truth. I am revealing myself. Remember the two-edged sword. It cuts away. It's, it, it divides soul from spirit. It divides joint from marrow. It divides, the sword of the spirit is sharp. Okay, and that's what the knife of God does. Uh, it brings revelation truth. When you have revelation truth, it's really hard to continue to believe a lie. It separates the lie from the truth. When when truth is revealed to you. Now, I want to say that again. You can hear the truth, and it won't change you until you get the revelation of it. But when you, when it goes past just hearing and mental, you've got to have the revelation. So it's revelation truth that will change us. Okay, so verse 8, Isaac's getting curious. You know, we've got all this, but where's the lamb? And Abraham says this, he keeps his word Okay, and he doesn't fly off with his mouth. And this is something that we as God-fearing believers today need to understand. What we say matters. Okay, we don't need to be flying off at the mouth. But Abraham answered him so well. He says, my son, God will provide for himself the, uh, the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. I mean, you want to talk about trusted God and faithfulness to God and keeping his words on God. He didn't go off on that. Well, you just can't believe what God is wanting us to do. Okay. But he he stayed steadfast, trusting, believing. Listen, when we begin to speak other words... Other than trust and faithfulness to God, it will steer us away from what God truly wants to do in and through us. But he was keeping focused. Adam didn't stay focused. Adam says, Oh, if I got to choose between the word that I was given and the woman, I'm choosing the woman. And yet, here is the most precious thing. If you remember back a few chapters earlier, God says, I'm, uh, you know, be, walk before me blameless. I'm blessing you. And he says, how can I be blessed when the heir in my house is a servant? And God begins to tell him that, no, I'm going to give you a son. And and so then he goes off course and has Ishmael. But even God had Ishmael in his hand because that was a type in a shadow. That, yes, we were born of flesh first, but he's bringing the promise that if we'll get rid of the flesh, he'll bring the promise. And that all happens inside of us. Okay, so... Um, And I've already told you how old that historians and and Jewish culture believe that he is. Um, In verse 12. Well, let's let's go to two nine because they came to the place that God told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in alt in order. And then he bound Isaac. Now, then we've got to understand something here. Isaac being as old as what they truly say he was means that Isaac submitted himself. Jesus, and we were speaking about this Sunday for those of you that were there. Jesus surrendered himself to the will of God in the Garden of Gethsemane. To the point of bleeding, sweating, great drops of blood over the surrender to the will of the Father. Because he knew that the cross, the difference between Isaac and Jesus is that Jesus went through and Isaac was redeemed by the ram. Which again is a type and a shadow of God will provide himself a ram. God provided us and okay I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself but this is just so exciting to me. Of what, how, listen, the obedience of Abraham and it's going to be even stated in the scriptures uh, of, and, and, the sub, and the submission of Isaac. Listen, Isaac was having his own encounter with God. I would say this was an encounter. This is what, you know, I mean, remember how then that, that people would relate, you know, the, the, our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and then later to be Jacob. Okay, Jacob wasn't born into that thing. Jacob also had his encounter. But we have Abraham. Abraham had his encounters with God that said that, you know, the God of Abraham because God became the God of Abraham. Okay, Isaac is having his own encounter with God right now. And he's hearing, I believe, everything that Abraham is hearing because it has to pass. The promise, the promise has to pass. The covenant has to pass. And so so Isaac is there participating in this entire event. The knife is raised and he has submitted himself to the will of God. He's already been circumcised. He's been raised up in this thing. And he is submitting himself to the hand of God. Not knowing how it's. Abraham doesn't know how it's going to come out. Except he knows that he has a word from God. And that the revelation of the word of God is so deep inside of him. That he says son you know whatever he said. But this boy is where the covenant is coming through. This boy is where the covenant. Where everything that God has promised me is coming through. Now we can fast forward to Jesus. If Jesus hadn't gone through with it. There would have been no covenant coming through to us. Okay, but because oh i'm gonna i'm getting ahead of myself again. I'm sorry. So anyway Here we go. Abraham stretched out his hand verse 11 and the angel of the lord called to abraham from heaven And said abraham abraham So he said here I am now then I want to go back just a step here because every other time that god spoke to abraham There was an angel, the angel of the Lord, circumstances, an angel of the Lord came to visit him. An angel of the Lord told him to get out of his country and away from his people and go to a land that I will show you. An angel of the Lord came to him where it was circumcision time. An angel of the Lord came to him when uh, it was, he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. But here it says a voice came from heaven. This boy's grown up. Many times, believers, Christians, are led only by outward circumstances. They don't know the voice of God within themselves. I am very grateful that he knew the voice of God. And that when he said, Abraham, Abraham, that the voice of God got his attention and stayed the knife, stopped. And so he said, "Do not again he says, here I, here I am." Okay, The same thing was Abraham Abraham. And he says, "Here I am. In verse 12 or verse 11 it says, "Abraham Abraham." And he says, "Here I am. Wouldn't it be awesome if we would learn to when God calls our name and He knows your name? And when he calls our name, that we say, here I am. We can fast forward to Samuel. Samuel didn't know the voice of God. But you remember when when two or three times in the night, God spoke to Samuel. And even Eli was so um, unobservant at that time. I mean... That he didn't even know. Oh, just go lay back. You know, just go lay down. Until finally he got the drift. Oh, God must be speaking to you, you know. And so, so Samuel began to know the voice of God. And Samuel knew the voice of God so well that it said, not one word that he spoke fell to the ground without it being fulfilled. And uh, so here we have Abraham again, Abraham, Abraham, a call out of heaven. Here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Now then. Fear went off inside of me this afternoon as to what fear really means. At least the revelation to me. And we realize that in regards to just physical, people have said false evidence appearing real is what those four letters mean. False evidence, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. And fear, fear and faith are at war with one another. Okay? Okay. So, but this says, for now I know that you fear God. In Proverbs, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Okay. But the fear of God is not false evidence appearing real. Okay. So there's got to be something else that fear is. For the bulk of my life, I've been taught that that is utmost awe and respect for God. Let me tell you something. You can have awe and respect and still not do what Abraham did. Okay? So it's a little shallow. Just having awe and respect is a little shallow. Okay? And and so what what I heard today in my spirit was following earnestly, adhering Regardless. Following earnestly. When you're earnestly following something, you're not being superficial about it. You're not being haphazard about it. it. You're not wishy-washy. But you're earnest. Following, and what does Jesus say? If you want to be my disciple, pick up your cross and follow. So follow earnestly adhering what does adhering mean sticking to like glue i'm not what did elisha do with elijah he said you're not getting out of my sight not today you're not Focused. focused adherence sticking being loyal just and regardless means no matter the cost no matter what that's true fear of god in my understanding right now, and of course I know that whenever God gives me something then later he takes me on a deeper, you know, it's like click this link, let's see what you come up with. <laughs> and and deeper and deeper, but following, following earnestly. Listen, you're not going to do what Abraham did unless you are following God earnestly, adhering to whatever he says regardless that's abraham's identity or he would have never done this that's more than just saying oh i respect you god you know um you know this is this is action and fear of god is action and trusting trusting and believing trusting and obeying there was another old hymn we've gotten away from so many of the old good hymns trust and obey for there's no other way there's no other way but to, to trust and obey. And, and sometimes that's not what we are adhering to today. So he says, For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son. Your only, remember I said we were going to get to that, your only son. Because this is the son that God said was where the covenant was coming through the son of the flesh we can go back again to lot lot would never merge himself and 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 say abraham adopt me into your family he he refused to do that he retained his son of a dead man he was he was the son of abraham's dead brother haran and uh and lot ended poorly Lot could have said, Adopt me, Abraham, because there were others that were adopted into the household of Abraham by virtue of we want to be with you and nothing else, because we know that God, the covenant of God, is resting upon your household. And so, but but this he says, your only son, you have not withheld. And so, as soon as he says that, then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked. David says, I look, I lift up my eyes and I look to where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And so he lifted up his eyes and he looked. We need to lift up our eyes and look. When you look like this, you're beholding. It's not just a glance, but it's a beholding. He looked. And there behind him was a ram. When he lifted up his eyes and looked, not only did he look, but he had to turn and and see where the help was coming from. And so a ram was caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. There was great deliverance that day. Great deliverance that day. And then this was in correlation with what Moses was going to be doing. Burnt offering was the sin sacrifice. Okay. That was what the burnt offering was for. And so all of this, God is threading the story of There is coming a sacrifice. He will be my only son. But he will be crucified. But it will be for the burnt offering for in the sin. Actually, Jesus did every offering that was instituted. He covered all of the bases with, and we'll get into that at a later time. Uh, But anyway, offering instead of his son. And so... Abraham called the name of that place the Lord will provide and it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. It is said to this day in the mount of the Lord. Okay? Many people believe, many scholars believe that this Mount Moriah and the place that I will show you is the very place that Jesus was crucified. Okay? This... Says, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Where do we need to come for provision? In the mount of the Lord. It's, it's, we, we, we have to find our, our, ourselves there. Okay. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven. I, I this is just so, so amazing to me how he went from you know some a lot of people said man if an angel could just show up and appear to me yeah that would be awesome but do you know what when you hear the voice of god and you know who the voice of god you know what his voice sounds like and you know his direction within your spirit and you are are quick to obey what the sound of the voice is in of you know we have our own sound and we need to we need to know the difference between the voice of god and our own thoughts Okay, if this would have been Abraham's own thoughts, you know, wow, what a disgrace. But this was the voice of God calling to him out of heaven a second time. And this is what he says. Oh, wow. By myself I have sworn, says the Lord. Listen. <laughs> he is God, there is no none other. Almighty God. He says, "I have sworn." Almighty God says, "I have sworn." Listen, don't you suppose that if God swears something that it will never change, never change. People will swear this and that. But if the if, if they can get out of it, that's why there's always those clauses that, that uh, uh, the attorneys can get you out of. Okay? And so but but he says, By myself I have sworn, because you have done this thing, and you have not withheld your son, your only son. He again calls Isaac the only son, and then in my Bible there's a dash, there's a pause. And that pause is pregnant with the swearing of God to himself. When Abraham did not withhold his son, he had found a father of the faith. To whom he could join covenant with. And that pause is pregnant with the decision and the plan and everything to set in motion from this day forward. The lamb has always been slain from the foundation of the world. But he had to have that covenant man that he could join with. Because guess what? Man was given dominion. And if he couldn't have a man that would say... "Mm, I give it back to you. I give everything that you have given me. The promise, the covenant. I give everything back to you. And I trust you. And I'm faithful to you. The first man says, oh, 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 no, you're not going to. No, no, no. But Abraham says, my dominion, my fatherhood, I connect with you. I give it to you. And so God, in that pause, there's a lot going on in heavenly places. And so he says, then he comes back in 17 saying, blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply. This time he doesn't just say you, but he says your, descend- your descendants. Blessing, I will multiply you. Uh, your descendants and the stars of heaven. Uh, And so then he goes on. He says that multiplication is going to occur. Come on in. Multiplication is going to occur. And then he says this. Your descendants, and if we are of the seed of Abraham, then we are a descendant. We are included in this thing. This is the covenant that God has made that has gone through the generations, and he is still honoring this covenant today. Your descendants shall possess the gates of your enemies, okay? Let's fast forward. Do you remember when Jesus came to the disciples and said, Who do men say that I am? And they said, Oh, they say this and that and something else. And then he says, Who do you say that I am? And Peter says, You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God. And and Jesus says, Peter and um, um flesh and blood did not show that you didn't get this from your flesh you didn't get this but God revealed this to you that's what I said earlier you can you can hear truth but unless it's revealed to you it's not going to change you it's just information it can be truth but it's not truth for you it's just information but when God takes that truth and brings it as revelation inside your heart and he says guess what God revealed this to you and upon revelation we uh, the the Catholic Church says, well, Peter's got to be the name of the Popes because that's where, you know, God's going to build his church on Peter. But no, the truth, revelation, truth. He builds his church on truth. And the truth has to be revealed. And so... As, as we set in his presence, as we anchor in into his presence, he begins to reveal truth. And as he reveals this truth, it gets us more and more of the pieces of the kingdom in order to be kingdom builders. He's not going to build on yesterday's news. He wants revealed truth today. And so he says, upon this rock, the rock of truth, he's the, he is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. There is no other foundation. He is the cornerstone. And so he says, and he goes on down in this chapter uh, of what I'm referring to. He says, upon this rock I will build my church. And he, he echoes what God has just told Abraham. Your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. He says, upon this rock I will build my church. And guess what's not going to prevail? The gates of hell are not going to prevail. They will have no power against the descendants of of Abraham it's the it's it's these descendants because this is where the covenant was made remember i said abraham said i he was given he was given dominion because man was given dominion and god found the man that would give that dominion back to him by saying i'm not going to keep the promise you gave me i'm not going to keep and i'm I, I give it listen if we're truly going to be kingdom builders we're going to have to lay it all down every word that we've ever been given everything that we've ever everything that we've ever known and said hey this is yours this is yours i give it all to you because if you don't build it we'll labor in vain but this is the identity this is a piece of the identity of a true believer the gates of hell will not have any power against a believer That is walking in revealed truth. When it's revealed to you, it can't be taken away. It cannot be taken away. And so here, this is what we have. Uh, And so, let's move on just a, a little more. And it says, and in your seed, all of the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Why? This is what I want us to understand. Why? It's because... You have obeyed my voice. Don't tell me obedience doesn't matter. You've come too late to tell me that. My, my behavior matters. When God speaks, I need to listen and I need to say, here I am. That is a surrendered will to the Father. That's not saying, no, I want my will and we'll see if yours gets done. But it's saying, not my will... Yours be done. And so, and that's where Jesus found himself. Isaac found himself delivered. But Jesus said, I'll go the whole way for the hope that was set before me. For the hope. Mm. It's a whole new, another (laughs) teaching in its own self. So, because he, he made covenant with Abraham because of his obedience. Samuel says this, if you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Well, if you're unwilling and disobedient, you might get crumbs. You know, I mean, that's the size of it. Uh, But I don't want the crumbs from his table. I don't think you guys do either. So Abraham, you got to hear this. Abraham returned to his young men and they rose and went together to Beersheba. These are just some hidden things that we just need to... Kind of here, and Abraham dwelt in Beersheba. Okay, it didn't say, and Abraham and Isaac returned, it said, Abraham returned. Okay, a couple of chapters later in 24, we're going to know that Isaac went to a well called I'll not get it right unless I read it, um, Bir Lahai Roy. Okay, I probably said it totally wrong, but anyway. He went to a well that was south of Beersheba, just out of Beersheba. It's the same well that Hagar found herself at when she was pregnant with Ishmael. That the name means the well of him that liveth and seeth me. The well of the vision of life. Now you've got to understand, guys, we've just seen that, you know, according to Jewish culture, this was not child abuse Isaac was a man fully able to combat his father and say, I'm not going to go through, through with this. He, but he submitted himself. He's had his encounter with God. He can't be the God of Isaac without God being the God of Isaac. Isaac has an encounter with God in that moment. Abraham has, and so they both, again, but listen, God wants to be the God of Abraham and of Isaac. Isaac. And so, when this, I I truly believe that when it says Abraham returned with the men, I really believe that Isaac had to find a get alone with God place. Because God was becoming not just the God of his father, but he had had a divine encounter with God. Okay? Now then, not everybody can go all the way with you. Isaac was Sarah's only son. If you're in ministry very long, you know that not everybody can go all the way with you. You know, some are, let's look at chapter 23, just the first verse, first couple of verses. Sarah lived 127 years and these were the years of the life of Sarah. So Sarah died in Kerjath Arba, that is Hebron. Hmm. Abraham was in Beersheba. Sarah died in, in Hebron, Hebron is uh, the next community city, whatever village north of Beersheba. And then we find an interesting place uh, thing here. it says Hebron is in the land of Canaan and Abraham came to mourn Sarah and weep for her. That means he had to go somewhere to weep for Sarah. And so not everybody can go with you. Not not everybody can have the same lay down your life. Not not everybody can do that. And so whatever that, you know, I mean, I just find that just a, a really interesting side note. You don't make a theology out of that. But understand that sometimes God has to remove people from you in order to bring you into the completion of your destiny. Be that as it may. Okay. Uh, But nevertheless, um, Sarah died in Hebron. Abraham lived in Beersheba. And he went to mourn her. And then he bought property where she was to bury her. So he took care of her. You know, he had never left her. Okay. And so, um, did you get anything out of this? (laughs) you know oh man the revelation of god is so
1: <sighs> i loved it when he told him he said uh, in your seed, all the nations of the earth because will be blessed because 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 you obeyed my voice yes he didn't obey anything else about god he obeyed the voice of god
0: But see that's what God wants is this obeying his voice because if you fast forward to Moses, Moses says you didn't see anything because whenever you see something then you want to, you want to duplicate it. And, you know, you what you saw was the mountains shaking and the thunders and the lightnings and all of that. But you heard his voice. And when God gave his word, he thundered it out across the people. He spoke his; they all heard. And it went from the first generation to the last generation. He left nothing out. And so, but the voice. And, and it was so powerful that those that had left Egypt says, you go tell us what he said. <laughs> Because if we go, he's going, you know, we'll surely die. And yeah, flesh cannot stand in the presence of God. That's why Ishmael had to be sent away when the promised son came. The promised son. But again, when God gives you a promise, don't love the promise or the ministry, or the whatever God is doing through you more than God. It will cost you more than you want to pay. But how could this turn out right? No, God spoke. He spoke, and and with everything that was in Abraham, he said, We will return. We will return.
1: And it doesn't show too much in the Scriptures, where, like you said, Isaac, it didn't show Isaac having too much inner with God or his voice or anything else until right there when... Because he said the Lord will provide, mm-hmm. and he was talking about Christ, mm-hmm. he'll provide his sacrifice. Mm-hmm. But when he tells Isaac, the Lord himself will provide. Mm-hmm. So Isaac's trusting his father that he knows what he's doing mm-hmm. because he knows his father trusts God. But when I believe he heard the voice of God just like his dad did, and then he sees the the special effects going on, and then he sees the the lamb, like you said, Mm -hmm. he probably fell down on his knees trembling. And so he's just coming to his own.
0: We have to understand the depth of what Isaac experienced because he was a dead man. But God gave his life back to him. Because if the angel had not said, Abraham, Abraham, and Abraham knew the voice of God, it, it had gone beyond an angel appearing to him to this time, it was a voice from heaven, and he knew the voice from heaven. But in Hebrews it says that if he had killed him, that Abraham believe that he would raise him back up? He would raise he him, would back, up. Raise him yes. back up, absolutely. And that's what he said to these two guys that traveled with him, was that he, we will come again. But Isaac knew he was bound on the altar and the knife was coming. And so he was given his life back. And a ram, we got to understand the type and the shadow of that. Because that ram delivered his life. Jesus is the ram that was caught in the thicket of disease and sin and debauchery. To simplify it. hmm <clears throat> Jesus has given us all new life. Absolutely. We didn't ask for it. We didn't deserve it. We didn't. Because we were all known before the foundation, like you started this study. So when Jesus did what he did on the cross at the resurrection, we were all given new life. It's simple. And a lot of people don't want to think it can be that simple, but. Adam couldn't have done, undone the totality of mankind from the beginning to the end of the age. He couldn't have done anything greater than G- what Jesus did on the cross, you see. Adam cannot be greater. Jesus, in the totality of what he did, made everybody a new man from the beginning to the end of the age. But we have to understand that he gave us the life that God intended for us to have in the beginning. And that's where all of us alive today, I don't care who we are, we've fallen short of understanding just how much life, the glory of life, that that ram caught in the thicket symbolized. Because see, even the thicket, do you remember what God said when he cursed the ground? He said, it's going to produce what? Thorns and thistle. And he said, "Mm." and he, the ram, was caught in a thicket. Because he reversed all. Listen, we could meditate forever on just what. Jesus, the son of God, I have not withheld my son so that everything that you're right. Adam is nowhere greater than Jesus. And we need to stop declaring that this world is greater. All the things that are happening in this world, all the bad stuff that's happening in this world. You know, we just can't overcome it. Oh, you're not reading my Bible. Excuse me if I spit on you, but you're not reading my Bible. You're not reading the word of God. We're just not meditating it. We're not allowing the revelation of the truth. You know, it's not just getting to heaven. It's not just, you know, oh, wow, God did such a beautiful thing through, through Jesus. No, there was a reversal of everything that Adam gave away, even to the manifest glory of what Adam was clothed in. That the glorious church will arise. She may be small, but God says by many or by few. Okay, but you know whether it's a remnant, and there's many scriptures that said it's only going to be a remnant of this glorious church that is rising in this time. That is truly without spot or wrinkle. That truly will be of the seed of Abraham. That will truly be of his DNA. His DNA says because of you obeying. And we go, God bless me in spite of my disobedience. That's not the seed of Abraham. That's a whole different language. If we're going to be seed of Abraham, then there's got to be a crossing over. And I'm going to say something that, again, is a whole study in itself. We've got to cross over the Jordan River. (laughs) Leave the flesh. Circumcise that puppy. And go in. Because that's the only way that, you know, I mean, if you're willing and obedient, willing and obedient, willing and obedient, is obedience grievous? Not when you're in love. Not when you're in love. When my husband died, I was, I was staff counselor to marriage. And some of them would bring their... Problems. He's not picking up his socks. I wanted to take their heads. Yeah. Do you know how I would love to pick up my, so- my husband's socks? Yes.
1: One more time.
0: When you truly love someone, then walking in obedience is not grievous. But if you don't love them anything they ask you to do is an inconvenience. Are you understanding what I'm saying? If you really love someone, Jesus said, if you really love me, you keep my commandments. What does keep mean? Walk in obedience. Just walk in obedience. Oh, but that's inconvenient. Oh, well, you really didn't mean that. Oh, well, now that really cramps my style. No, you know, I mean, I was born this way. Yeah, you were. Get born again. We were all born in sin. Just get born again. Fall in love for goodness sake. Because if you fall in love with him, nothing he asks you to do is grievous. If you really know he loves you as much, more so because mm, he loved us first. And if you really meditate on the love of God and you know that he loves you, then you have to start trusting. You know, man, he loves me. I trust him. I trust him with my life until David says, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Where do you get that from? Abraham and Isaac. Though he slay me,
1: yet I will trust him.
0: If you really love him, if you really love him, it's not about whether God loves us. He's proved that. Oh my goodness, has he proved that? He has loved us with an everlasting love. He would that none. He said, I would that none should perish and that all have eternal life. He said that. He said that. He loves us. It's not a matter of whether he loves me. It's a matter of whether I love him. Do I love him? If I love him, is it just because I say, oh yeah, I love God? Words are cheap. Words are cheap. Words are cheap. Love is action. Love is action, it's not just emotional. Oh my goodness, families, when they just get into emotional love, man, my emotions can be this way today and this way tomorrow. But if I have absolutely said, I love you regardless, no matter what, it is a decision, I am, I will love you. Then God, that's like building the frame. You know, if you've ever poured concrete I love you. I build the frame. And until such time as the love of God pours into that thing, you know, I mean, but I'm going to build the frame. I love you. And that's how we truly become seed to the body of Christ. We've got to learn to walk together. Thus, walk with me, ministries. Learn to walk together because I love you if you, if you, but God says, I love you no matter what. I love you. I love you all the way to wherever you choose to live for eternity. I love you all the way. I love you. But do you love me? Peter, what did he say to Peter? Peter denied him. And he said, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Three times. Why three times? Mm-hmm. To counter every time he denied. Because mm-hmm. Peter needed, needed to know that he was back with God. And he confessed three times, yes, I love Less. and then God says, "Okay, this is your command: go feed, go feed." And so, what does Peter do? The very first crack out of the bat, three thousand souls got saved with a history lesson. He told the history of the Jewish people, and three thousand men were pricked in their hearts and gave their what? What must we do to be saved? Wow, that's some kind of anointing.
1: And that the is, next
0: day, 5, and the next day five thousand.
1: But like a, feed you said a minute ago, he didn't just come into the world and lay down his life. He was slain before the foundation mm-hmm. of the earth. Before the foundation of the whole world he was already slain. Mm-hmm. There's a lot there.
0: There is a lot there. There's a, but in that pause, I'm telling you, when God started speaking to me about that pause, because you have not withheld your only son, he had finally found a man that would give him what he needed to make covenant with a man on this earth
1: so he could
0: give his wow father we thank you for this lesson tonight we thank you for your word i know it will not return void but it will accomplish everything where you are sending it to accomplish and so father we thank you for that in the mighty name of jesus we ask you bless us keep us Make your precious face to shine upon us. Be gracious unto us and lift up your countenance upon us. And give us peace in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah.